What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Heaven and Health Podcast. Today, we are talking about toxic mommy culture. So I'm sure this will be the first of many episodes that I touch on this topic. It's something that I have a lot of thoughts about. Um, So we're just going to start here. But I thought I would kind of walk through my experience with a few things related to this toxic mommy culture, including the use of alcohol or mommy wine culture, as it's commonly referred to, and um, also medication for anxiety and depression. So to preface this entire episode, I'm not at all saying that if someone struggles with their mental health that they should not take medication if that's what's needed. Um, I do take mental health very seriously and believe that there are instances where medication is needed. I'm not a psychiatrist or a medical professional. This is just my opinion and my perspective. So the details of that are out of my expertise. However, I do think that medication for anxiety and depression is over prescribed and under-described to the individuals taking it. So uh, that being said, just caveat to the entire episode, let's dive in. So back in 2020, um, I made the decision to stop drinking alcohol. I was not an alcoholic by definition and would probably describe myself mostly as a social drinker. Um, I never drank in high school, but when I went to college, like most people, I was exposed to alcohol at parties and in a different way um, because I never grew up with it. My parents didn't drink. Like none of my friends in high school drank. Like we just didn't. We just didn't. I was never around it. I had no interest. Whatever. But when I went to college, I would, you know, go out with my friends on weekends, and I never had any sort of dependency. But you know, if I was around people who were drinking, I would drink too, and not just one or two drinks. Like I would drink in excess to get drunk. Um. And that was my relationship with alcohol for years. And, you know, that continued until I went away from my PhD and started competing in bodybuilding because I was pretty much sober all the time um, because I was always prepping for a bodybuilding show or getting ready to prep for a show for like around about four years. So I would occasionally drink between those preps, but for the most part, I was always sober. Even if I did go out with friends, like I was always the one who was sober during my PhD. So I just got used to not drinking. Um, And I would say though that my relationship with alcohol changed after I had my oldest son. So I was really struggling with my transition into motherhood and became depressed. I was really anxious. He was born in December of 2019. So it was about like three months before the pandemic started. So I was home with him alone while my husband was still working full time an hour away, which made our days very long. And it was just a difficult transition. I was I was having a hard time. And to deal with my feelings, I started drinking wine at night. Like after I was done breastfeeding him, I would start doing this. And after he went to bed, I would pour myself a glass or more than one glass of wine to just like unwind from the day and relax, which, you know, is not always, it doesn't have that, that, my opinion on that is that that doesn't necessarily always lead to a problem. Sometimes people can just have a glass of wine here or there. For me, I noticed that it was a problem because I was doing it all the time and I began like really looking forward to that part of my day of when he was in bed. I just couldn't wait for him to be in bed. And I started doing this more and more frequently. 
And so when they when the pandemic started, I this was like the time when everyone was downloading TikTok. Well, at least millennials. <laughs> Until then, I had no idea what TikTok was, which I'm sure most of you listening can relate to that. Um, but my For You page, which is like the page on TikTok that is algorithm derived from what you're interested in and your age and your gender and things like that. Um, mine was pretty quickly populated with like mom content. So it was like videos of other moms, you know, around my age. Usually usually they were using their kids as sort of like a social media prop, I would say. Um, a lot of times also complaining about motherhood or complaining about their kids and joking about drinking and having their kids home because it was the pandemic, stuff like that. It was meant to be funny and some of it was in good humor, but I, I started realizing like the degree to which I was seeing this and like how frequently I was seeing this was like, wow, okay, like I'm – this is normal. Like you're supposed to hate being a mom basically. It was like all I saw was complaints. I, I didn't really see anything positive. I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of it was negative and now granted the situation was unique because we were in COVID. People were under a lot of stress. So I would like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I really don't think that it was COVID specific. I think this is just the way our culture has kind of demonized motherhood and um, basically told women that that's what they should expect. But you'll see messages like this anywhere, not just on TikTok, but you know, shirts and mugs and whatever that says like mommy needs her wine or my kids make me want to drink um, or like there's wine in this coffee cup, blah, 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 things like that. And at first, it's kind of just like, oh, haha, that's funny. But when you really start to think about it, like it's kind of hard to unsee how damaging that messaging really is, not only to ourselves, but what about our kids? I think about like my kids seeing the way that I speak about them when they're older or something and thinking – just thinking about how that is portrayed to others. And if the message is always like my kids are a burden and my kids make my life hard and, you know, all these things that are negative, it's just – I wouldn't want them to feel that way about their existence. But that is kind of culture's messaging about motherhood. So it's not surprising that that's the place that we've gone to, but that it, – it's disappointing to say nonetheless. So once you kind of start to see these examples, it's hard to unsee and the examples just go on and on and on. Um, it got to a point for me that I was just kind of done feeling that way. I It came to a head on Mother's Day of that year. Um, I think my son was teething. He was getting his first teeth and I didn't know that at the time, but he was just so fussy and I was just so exhausted and wanting to make a change because that night I went to bed. I put him to bed. He went to bed at the time at like six o'clock at night because he was, you know, just a few months old. And I didn't talk to anyone on Mother's Day because I was just so overwhelmed and I was just, I just reached a breaking point kind of. I drank you know, a few glasses of wine or whatever until my husband got home. And right around that time, there was someone that I followed on social media who talked about how they were sober and how they chose to be alcohol-free. And they recommended a book called Quit Like a Woman. It's by Holly Whitaker. And it essentially paints the alcohol industry and mommy wine culture in a kind of – as a kind of a feminist issue and 
while I have different views on feminist, feminism now than I did then, um, at the time it was very convincing to me. That whole argument of like this is targeting women and – which it, it is, but I think my perspective has changed a little bit on that. Um, but it made – it helped me make the decision to stop drinking. Um, and so at this point, I continued searching for ways to make myself feel better that didn't involve alcohol, which ultimately led to me getting saved about 15 months later, uh, which really was where it came – it turned around for me after that. But the experience that I had has led me to become really passionate about sharing the experience of freedom and true strength that was found when I finally did surrender my life to Jesus because I, I, I felt like – I was trying to do everything. It was me, 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 me. And there are a lot of things wrong with that messaging. And that is very very much the modern messaging to women about life and motherhood. When we're having a tough time, women are told, you're a good mom. Like, you're enough. You're just doing the best you can. But then also shoved onto anxiety and depression medication and told to just like drink some wine and laugh it off and make, you know, self-deprecating videos and to post on social media platforms. And I don't think it's that's the, that's not how we it should be. In an effort to kind of destigmatize mental health struggles, society has normalized being on medication for anxiety and depression, and also deeming basically anything as enough. So I would see, you know, I don't have TikTok TikTok anymore. I made the decision to delete it. Um, but when I was on there, and even on, on other social media platforms. You'll see moms post things about how – or even like Facebook groups that I'm in. Moms, if you're in any Facebook groups, you'll probably see this. Um, moms post about like having mom guilt and, you know, describing their situation and things like that. And people who don't even know them, complete strangers on the internet will be like, you're a great mom. You're doing the best you can, blah, 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 blah. And – I think that we've gotten a little too liberal with saying that to people because like for me, for example, I was having a really tough time, but I know now that like I wasn't doing the best that I can and I was just being really selfish and I didn't need – people telling me that I was doing the best I can was just making things worse, to be honest, because I wasn't. I mean, maybe I thought that I was, but it really didn't help anything. To, to go on and tell someone that you don't even know, you don't know what kind of mother they are, you don't know any of that to just say like, oh, you're doing the best you can and you're a good mom, says who? <laughs> like it's very arbitrary to say. Um, so I think as a society as a whole, we've just kind of set the bar really low and created this toxic culture of being a mom, especially a, a new young mom who everything is new. We're told to put off having kids for as long as possible until everything else is set in place. And then when we do decide to have kids and it's maybe not what we pictured, it's everyone else's fault. And it's not us because we've done everything that we could. So after I got saved last year and gave my life to Jesus, I began kind of reframing my entire identity because I was wrapped up in all of these other identities above my identity in Christ because I was I didn't identify as a Christian. So I was, you know, 
a career person. I was a mom. I was a wife. I was all these other things. And that was how I identified myself, which made me feel like I couldn't really – I never felt fully successful ever. Like I, th- there was always more. I wasn't grounded in anything. And uh, I had a lot of different resources that I was like reading and listening to to just kind of pour into me and change my way of thinking about motherhood in particular and kind of the – attitude I had towards that because I was I was selfish and I realize that now. Um, but one of the books that I read that I highly recommend to anyone who one who hasn't read it, but also if you're a new mom struggling with identity or you're a new Christian struggling with identity is the book uh, You Are Not Enough and That's Okay by Ali Beth Stuckey. It's really good. It's an easy read. I read it in like a day. But there were so many good snippets in there that I just found really helpful. And I'm going to read a couple of them because it just just hits the nail on the head so good. So this is the first one and it's about the self-love, you know, cult and having this self-affirmation cult essentially saying that you are enough and telling yourself that you're enough and that you don't like – and that that's it and how it is – completely oppositional to Christianity. And that's why there is so much freedom found in Christ. So the quote says, this is why Christianity and the cult of self-affirmation can't coincide. The values of the Christ follower aren't authenticity and autonomy. They're Christ-likeness and obedience. We have an objective standard of right and wrong found in the Bible, which means we're not ruled by cultural trends or our feelings. God's moral standards lead to peace. The cults lead to chaos and pain. Authenticity and autonomy certainly aren't bad at all times and all ways, but they must be subjected to God's objective standards to produce anything good. Otherwise, they're just trendy-sounding excuses to sin. Whew! that I read when I read that I was like this is so good and I mean her whole book the whole book was just like I was just nodding in agreement because I feel like I was so in this self-love thing I was obsessed with myself when I think about it when I was having a hard time I couldn't get past my feelings of anxiety and depression and honestly I think that is what led to my anxiety and depression was this selfishness and being hellbent on staying that way and that the world around me needed to change because I didn't need to change. No, no, no. Like I just needed to love myself. And it created this just anxious feeling. And so ultimately that led to me, uh, you know, I stopped drinking alcohol, like I said, but I also was prescribed anxiety medication again I had been on it several times before I think like two or three times before and every time I just kind of like stopped taking it because I didn't like how it made me feel or whatever but I got on it again and this was when I realized you know okay I need to get control of my feelings so I thought like I just need to control my anxiety and my depression because how I feel is the most important thing and this is the way that I'm going to do it And I was – I mean, I'm a healthy person. I, you know, I exercise. I eat right. All of those other things. But I just could not get a grip on my mental health. I just – I was really struggling again. 
and I realized how easy it was to be prescribed medication for mental health. I just called my doctor. Um, at the time, it was during COVID, so it was just a phone call, not even a video chat, and I just said, I think I need to be put on anxiety medication, and that was it. It was really easy. I was She didn't go over any like side effects, nothing. Um, now, again, this is not to say that no one should be prescribed medication, but should this really be the default? Like, Should it really have been that easy to <laughs> be put on a medication that's going to disrupt my brain chemistry? I don't know. You ask me, I say no. I mean, anxiety is a very normal human emotion, and I worry that we've made it seem like feeling anything other than pure happiness means you have poor mental health. And in an effort to destigmatize this, the pendulum has swung way too far, in my opinion. You know, it's really common to see mommy bloggers and social media influencers post pictures of their anxiety and depression medication and talk openly about their medication use, which some of them, yes, they may need that. But I don't think that the majority of people should be on medication for their mental health. I just, I feel like that points to a bigger problem. And now I, I feel like since giving my life to Jesus that I have found the answer. It's God. People need God. And after I got saved, I prayed that I could be off my anxiety medication and I did. I just stopped taking it. And I haven't struggled with my anxiety at all really. I had normal feelings of anxiety and sadness when things happen in my life. But now instead of instead of making the assumption that I should never be made to feel anything but happy, I just kind of have learned to deal with my emotions better, I guess, is a, a way to describe it. The problem with toxic mommy culture is that you're told, no, 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 no. If you're feeling that way, you you can drink some wine at night because your kids are driving you crazy and they make your life harder and they're a burden, etc. Or motherhood is making you anxious and depressed. Why is it making you anxious or depressed though? What is it about it that's making you anxious and depressed? Is it because you're selfish and can't stand to, you know, serve your family and be a mom? Is that really hard for you? That's a tough pill to swallow for me. That was definitely what it was. Are you on social media too much comparing your life to other people's lives and that's creating a false this false picture of motherhood for you that's not realistic for your current life situation. What is it that's causing the anxiety and depression? Is it actually disrupted brain chemistry or is it just you're going through some tough things in your world? Because tough things are going to happen and the default shouldn't be, oh, just drink some wine, like just put the kids to bed and have a glass of wine and then the problems are still there the next day. You know, like these are just such surface level answers to this problem and I think that's that's the issue. That is the problem because they just keep recurring over and over and over again and, you know, women are left feeling kind of empty and struggling and why can't I do it all? Like why can't I – why can't I do this? And the reason is because you can't do it all. You are finite. You have human level strength but with God you have – supernatural strength because you have strength through him and it's not just you. And that is the most freeing thing that 
You can feel when you are feeling like you are trapped and weak and that you can't make it work. How amazing is it that we have a God that is like, hey, I can be your strength when you're feeling weak. Yes, motherhood is hard. It is hard and that's all of this is not to say that it's not because I know that it is and I realize that. But we need to be able to lean on something bigger than us. It's not found in us. We are not enough. And that's the whole premise of Allie's book is, you know, Christ created us to be in relation with him. He knows that we can't do it on our own. We need to figure that out. To read, I'm just going to read just a couple more quotes from this book. And hopefully you'll go read the whole thing. Hopefully this kind of this episode and this rant especially uh, will, you know, lead you to be interested in this book. Um, But the quote says the following, there's a reason that Jesus describes himself as the living water and the bread of life. He satisfies. The searching for peace and for purpose stops in him alone. He created us. Therefore, only he can tell us who we are and why we are here. And aren't these the questions everyone's trying to answer? Who are we and why are we here? The world's answer to these questions is you. You define your identity, your purpose, and your truth. Jesus' answer is me. He defines your identity, your purpose, your value, your truth. Now, who do you think is, you know, a more reliable gauge (laughs) of your purpose, right? Jesus, obviously. But if you're not a Christian, which I wasn't at the time, and I was, but I was searching for something that was going to make me feel grounded like this, and it didn't work. You know, I, I did the medication. I drank the wine. I did the self-affirmations. I did all the manifesting. I did all of the self-help challenges. I read all the self-help books. And all of them were telling me that to just like, that it was just me, that there were things that I could do to shake that feeling of not enoughness. And the truth is none of them worked. They all fell short. They may have worked for a short period of time, but then I was on to the next thing. That's kind of the whole business of self-love and self-improvement is that they if, – if it actually worked, you know, wouldn't they there not be a whole industry about this? And people have said that to me before. And I was like, yeah, but I just like self-improvement, which is true. I do. I think that you can always like strive to be, you know, have new goals and to work hard and do better and things like that. But that wasn't what I was looking for. I was looking for being grounded in a purpose and feeling like my just existing was enough. And I, you cannot find that in things of the world. You just can't. People search and search and search and search for it and it's just – it's not the same. Once you understand that your life is not yours to live but your life has a purpose and that purpose is to glorify God, everything is put into perspective because being a mother and you know, raising your children, being a wife, being a Christ follower, all of these things have the ultimate purpose of serving something bigger than you. You're not looking for social media follows and likes. You're not looking for, you know, you're not looking for the world to say, yeah, that's okay. That's right. You're not looking for any of that because it's deeper. And I think that 
the modern mom is missing that messaging so much because it's all twisted to be something that's the complete opposite. And that's that you are enough and everything that you have, everything that you do is is good enough and that's it. It's There's no real accountability in a way and there's definitely no acknowledgement of any type of sinful or wrong behavior, even if it is sinful and wrong. Like, for example, a lot of times moms will post things about snapping at their kids and saying they have quote-unquote mom guilt and people will comment and like they'll post this to a Facebook group and be wanting like someone to tell them that it's okay. And is it okay though? And why do you feel guilty? There's a reason that you feel guilty and there's a reason that you're coming on to social media to ask a bunch of strangers to validate you because you know that it was a sinful behavior. You know that it was not how you should be acting and that it wasn't appropriate. But instead of acknowledging that, it's made light of and saying, oh, it's mom guilt and, you know, moms inevitably go on there and they say, it's okay, like you're still a good mom, like all those things I was describing earlier. And that's when you have to wonder like, but what if they're not a good mom? What if that's just, I mean, they're feeling guilty about it, which is a sense that they are at least aware that what they did was wrong. But then you have people coming on here and saying like, it happens, it's okay, like da 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 da, instead of, you know, them feeling bad about it, which they should, probably should feel bad about it. This quest to not ever want to feel guilt, like I was saying, did not want to feel anything but happiness, to feel guilt or shame or anything like that, even when it's appropriate, is is totally looked down on in our society now. And it's difficult as a mom to grow and become a better woman, better, stronger woman and mother if that's the type of messaging that you're always getting. So I wanted to do this episode to just share that there is a different way and that way is Jesus, committing your life to him. When you give your life to Jesus, you are a new creation and he becomes your purpose. Everything that we do in life is to glorify him and that's what it's all about. And that strength that you didn't think you have to made it through a tough day when your toddler is just saying, mom, 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 and you feel like your skin's going to crawl off of you because you're so irritated, the the gentleness and the, the calm and the peace and the strength that you need in that moment, that moment, Jesus can provide that for you. You can't provide that for you. You know that you can't. Our nature as humans is not to be, (laughs) to react the way that God would want us to. We had to try hard, right? I saw this, just a side note, I saw this like Facebook quote thing, like a meme, not a meme, but like a, you know, pretty quote thing, whatever. And it was something like, I used to think I was sanctified until I became a mom, (laughs) which is just funny because it's true. Motherhood can really test you and expose your own sin and that's hard to deal with. And I think that's why people have 
one reason why people have such a hard time transitioning to motherhood, especially if they're not Christians. That was me. I was seeing all these things about myself and instead of reflecting on them as like, oh, this is this is a sinful tendency or behavior that I have, I was justifying it and saying, well, that's just the way that I am. So the whole world around me needs to like change, which is ridiculous and just – it just is ridiculous. So – that's really hard to deal with and most people would rather not, right? Because it's hard to identify that in yourself and to grow from it. But what's on the other side is so much better because the freedom that you have when you turn your life over to Christ is that you can talk to him and you can pray and say, hey, God, I am struggling with this. I'm having a long day. I have a headache. My kids are really testing my patience and I need you, Lord. I need you to Please just help me be the be a good mother to them and to be patient and to be loving and gentle. And, you know, please just help me. And you can ask God for that strength, for that supernatural strength that you know in your head that you don't have on your own. You can ask him for that. You can pray for that. And it's just a completely different experience whenever you see your children as gifts and not as burdens, which is something that I, I feel that. I, I mean – after I got – so we got saved, I got saved, and my husband got saved, and we got pregnant again almost immediately because it was almost like a switch flipped for me and that I began to view motherhood just like instantly different, differently than I had. And I really tapped into – I stopped kind of ignoring my maternal instincts, which I think is kind of what I was doing before. I didn't feel like I had maternal instincts a lot of the time with my first son. When I was all going through all these struggles, it was hard for me to connect with him. And it was just – it was an unplanned pregnancy. So I, it was just a, a lot of different things. And as soon as my relationship with God changed and I saw motherhood differently, I wanted to be a mom even more and I wanted to be a better mom and I want to have more babies. And not to say that that's everyone's experience, obviously, not that's not going to be the case for everyone. They're not just going to like want to have a million kids all of a sudden. But for me, I feel like I really bought into the messaging like my, all of, of my, you know, early 20s, especially because I was in grad school until I was 28 that, you know, put off having kids for as long as possible because they like ruin everything essentially. And I don't believe that, but I do think obviously your lifestyle changes when you have kids and that change is often seen as a negative thing. Like I I very rarely heard it portrayed as a positive thing. It was it was always like in a negative light. Um and so my whole experience changed from getting saved and my hope is that through me sharing my experiences and just the way that God has been able to change my heart and help me see clearly where I was falling short and, you know, help me grow in those areas is changed my life. It's changed my marriage. It's changed my relationship with my kids. Um, it's changed my self-esteem and my self-confidence and self-love, quote unquote, is no longer something that I feel 
is like a struggle for me. And, and it's funny because I would never say that I was someone who struggled with having confidence or anything like that until I really began to buy into these lies that, you know, I needed to figure it all out. And that was really – when I got really into that stuff, that was right around the time that I like left church and left religion back in 2014. That was when I got really into like self-development and self-love and all of those things. And that's when I started bodybuilding, when I started making idols out of other things and trying to find my identity in other things is when all of my problems started. And I feel like now I've kind of taken it back to the beginning and, you know, I constantly feel grounded in my identity in Christ, that I am a daughter of God first and foremost, and that everything else in my life comes after that. And that's really powerful. If you don't have something like that to ground yourself in, that is think is when a lot of these other feelings come through. So book recommendation of the week, like I said, it's You Are Not Enough and That's Okay by Allie Beth Stuckey. Um, she also if you're listening to this, you may or may not be aware, but she also has a podcast called Relatable that I found very helpful to listen to. Uh, it was definitely like triggering for me at first because she was someone who had opposing views to pretty much everything I believed at first. But listening to her have conversations with other people and listening to her explain some of these cultural issues from a biblical worldview was really, really helpful for me because she's also our, my age, which I'm guessing is probably a similar age to a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast. I think she's like 30. I'm 32, but she's a millennial and um, you know talks about things that we care about and from a biblical worldview. So I highly recommend her book. I highly recommend her podcast. Um, they just really helped me change the way that I thought about self-love and um, seeing it from God's perspective and how the Bible says that we should address these things. And it's so freeing. It's just, it's the freedom that you get from having your identity set in Christ is just unmatched. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little bit of a rambly one, but I have a lot to say about this topic and I'm sure that it will come up again, but I kind of just wanted to set the stage for episodes to come and kind of how my perspective has changed completely. Um, we need to support each other as women and as moms and that needs to be more than just silly little sayings on mugs and t-shirts and you know, drinking wine or whatever. Those things all fall so short to what we can find when we ground ourselves in scripture and we ground ourselves in the truth of God's word and his promises because everything else is of the world and will change and the messages will change and the standards will change, but God's standard will never change. And that is the ultimate freedom. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. Oh, 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 oh,